Awareness. Knowledge or perception of a situation or fact. As you are listening to this episode, you're probably also multitasking. Maybe you're driving to a meeting, working at the office, or going for a quick jog. Take a look around. Look at the falling leaves or the cars passing by. Notice how the wind picks up or the phone's ringing in the background. Think about how you're feeling in this moment. Today we're talking about awareness and as you listen, we want you to become mindful of even the smallest details around. Now, let's dive right in. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions. We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine. Now, let's get reckless. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 39. Today, I'm going to be talking about those moments when you take a second and just realize that you exist in the very moment you're in. It's going to dive into a little bit of mindfulness and how uh, our attitude constantly reflects on other people's days and the kind of day they're having. So before we get into that, a quick reminder, we have a Facebook community group just for you. Yes, we have the Reckless Community. You can go to the show notes below, click ask to join. We want to hear what's on your mind, what's on your heart, what topics you would like to talk about, a carryover of other topics, and yeah. So go click that button, ask to join. We would love to have you. So let's get right into today's episode. Elaine, take a minute and describe in the best detail you can what brought this on and what exactly it is we're going to be talking about. Well, a couple nights ago, we were picking up a few things at Walmart for dinner, and I don't know, like, what happened or how this happened, but you and I were just, like, talking about something, laughing about something as we were walking into the entrance, and I just randomly was like, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm at Walmart. I'm getting groceries. And I just realized that I existed in that very moment. I realized that everyone around me was existing and they were getting groceries or picking up medicine or whatever they were doing. And I was just aware that there was people around me. We were at the store. We drove to the store. We made a conscious decision to go pick up groceries. And it just, ever since then, I've just been super like in tune to my surroundings and experiences and have just been on this state of mind of just trying to be aware of everything always. So you had asked me this question the other day. We were pulling up uh, to grab lunch and we just had kind of had this conversation. You had asked me like, how do we have these moments of like just being aware? And I kind of posed the question back to you of like, how do we not have them is the question I think we really need to be asking because so often we get caught up focused on everything else that we forget that we are here right now in this moment. 
And if you think about it, you know, we were created to live in the moment. Like I, you know, there's nothing wrong with planning for the future or thinking about the good things of the past or, you know, thinking about things that have happened. But we get like tied up in those things where it pulls us out of the present moment, away from those we love, away from those we're around that we're interacting with and puts us into a whole other state of mind that's somewhere outside of the present. And we weren't created to be like that. We were created to be in the present. If you think about creation, whenever uh, creation was a perfect being, this is, and uh, this, like I said, not everyone ascribes to Genesis as literal, um, but for a moment, we're just going to talk about it. It can be allegory or literal to you, but it, both uh, principles apply here. But, you know, if you look at creation, man and woman in the garden, before sin, there were pretty much just no worries of the future because ultimately worries of the future, uh, it's worries of achieving things, it's worry of getting things done. It ultimately leads to uh, downfall, to death, to demise. You know, the future is limited for us as human beings. And the past is flawed with mistakes and grievances. I mean, there's plenty of good, too. I'm not just trying to be, like, negative here, but there's a lot of good in the past, too, that we think back on and reminisce. But if you think about it in the garden, there was no fear of the future. There was no worry from the past or anything like that. The only worry from the past really came the moment man sinned, and then they started worrying about the decision they had made and their future, and it pulled them out of that present moment, if you think about it. Like, they were they were literally grabbed, like, just ripped right out of the present moment and thrown into the chaos of worry and doubt and fear from the mistakes of their past and what the future holds. And from that moment on, the question has been, um, how do we get back to that place, I guess? And that's kind of what mindfulness practice kind of is from a Christian's point of view, I would think, is getting back to the place of being aware because, you know, I've heard it said, and I completely do agree with this, that God is not a God of the past or the future. He's a God of the present and in the now. That's how he can forgive and forget, uh, you know, man's invention of time has brought forth our own um, demise when it comes to fears and anxiety of things to come and things that have happened and God is just not in that he's in the moment and that moment you had was just kind of like a revelation or just kind of a pop back into reality and I think we are I'm pretty sure most people have had those at some point like I know I've had that's not the only time you've ever had that in your mm-hmm. life I'm sure no. I think we have those little tugs because at the core of our creation that's what we're meant to be that's kind of how we're meant to behave is to focus right now you think of um the passage where it says, uh, don't worry about the clothes, you know, the lilies of the field, God clothes them, so will he not clothe you of, uh, you of little faith? He feeds the birds of the air, will he not fe- uh, feed you, oh, you of little faith? And I think that's just a reminder of, like, creation exists in the moment, in the present. Um, you know, if you have a pet dog or a pet cat, very, <laughs> I don't think there's very many times if any at all, you can sit there and say, man, my dog's really worried about what's to come. You know, he was just he's just really nervous about what's to come. He only knows, uh, or she, only knows uh, eat, sleep, play, exist in the moment. And the only time you're ever going to see them dodge danger is if it's the immediately pressing danger. And then once it's dodged and they're safe again, 
it's back to being the same way. They don't dwell on it. You know, sure, like, you can argue, yeah, dogs have had abuse and they flinch from certain things, etc. Yeah, like, of course, there's learned behaviors, all that. But what I'm saying is, like, creation of itself is in the moment. But we as people, uh, having sin nature, I guess you could say, get so caught up dwelling that we are very rarely present at all. Well, and a lot of times, even when I'm driving... Um, I'll have either two instances. I'll be driving and I'll see the people uh, driving next to me and I'll just wonder what they're thinking. I wonder what their life is like. I wonder where they just left or what their destination is or how much longer they have to drive to get where they're going. And I just try to put myself in their position, um, even though I have no idea who they are. I probably will never see them again. Um, And then sometimes even pray for them. And then other times... I get somewhere and I realized that I was zoned out and don't even remember driving or how I got where I was or how long I was driving. I like whether I was lost in thought or music or talking to somebody, whatever. um, Sometimes I just like zone out and forget like I exist. Yeah. And we all do that, especially like the mundane tasks. You know, I had a friend the other day tell me that she was changing up her daily routine, introducing new aspects of life, things that she used to not really enjoy, just trying out new aspects of life to change up her routine. Uh, The analogy that kind of came to my mind was kind of like the first time you walk a new trail through the woods, you notice all the nuances and beauty. The next time you may notice a few more unique things, but the 40th or 50th time you walk this trail, at some point, it's just a workout chore. It's just something you do. And when you change it up, maybe you go somewhere else and hike somewhere new. Then you that kind of that beauty rushes back to you and you begin to notice things. You become aware again. And the next time you go back to that same old mundane thing you do all the time, you're going to notice the intricacies and the beauty again. And it's, it's just like as a, a species, humans are just prone to boredom. And it gets worse and worse the further we push into the technology age, I think. Uh, Nowadays, so much can just be summoned at our fingertips that we can just pull up copious amounts of entertainment to drown out the sounds of reality. And the truth is when we get quiet with our minds, that's whenever we actually have to deal with things. But it's so much easier to drown it out. And it's it's second nature to it's really almost like first nature to a second nature is almost trying to come back, even though it's the original way. It's uh, trying to come back and just be quiet and be in the moment. But I think it's just like so easy now because sure, it used to be, you know, you went from like reading the newspaper to reading the newspaper and listening to radio to reading the newspaper or listening to the radio or watching TV when the certain show you wanted to was on. Then you add into the account of, uh, of course, there's all kind of other distractions, but talking specifically on media, then you add into the account of like, oh, well, you had um, recorded movies, whether it be VHS or DVD or Blu-ray, or now, you know, you can literally uh, watch TV anytime, anywhere, anyhow, summon endless amounts of YouTube videos that are completely and utterly pointless. They're just entertainment to distract us or listen to uh, 15 million um, 
podcasts, which, you know, that's exactly why I mean, we're literally sitting right here recording a podcast, hopefully offering something back to someone today <laughs> instead of just uh, stealing their time. But, you know, you can get unlimited amounts of information uh, or unlimited amounts of entertainment and useless information at the touch of a button or just a quick little voice command. And you, it's so easy to be distracted because even when you're not distracted, even when you're trying to be present in the moment, the little bells and the little buzzers are constantly going off with something trying to distract you and pull you away. And there's life distractions, like kid, you know, your kid's crying or someone's not feeling well and you got to tend to that or maybe there's a pressing issue at hand in your household you're having to tend to or things come up at work. Work's a huge distraction. And those are enough. But then when we add in this other, whatever, we actually have a moment to think or to relax or to rest. Uh, there's so much spinning in our head. We just want to unwind and instead of allowing ourselves to unwind, instead of allowing ourselves to, to uh, realize the moment we're in, we pretty much just cram it to the back, shut the door on it, lock it, and turn something else on to cover up all the noise it's making trying to get out to distract us till we fall asleep, wake up the next morning and do it again. And it, this is a, just a dumb little analogy here, but there's this huge mountain of garbage, uh, about eh, 12 minutes from our house or so we drive past it on occasion, depending on where we go. It's literally like waste management's dump area for like the central Arkansas area. And there's, I think there's, they're actually on their third trash mountain now. And of course, the running joke joke is like in a hundred years, that's going to be like prime real estate because it's kind of in like a flat plain area, and up there, I bet you can see like a long way. So you know, in a hundred years, there's going to be like, you know, million dollar homes up there or something. So, but anyway, we drive past this place regularly, and it is just the like smelliest pile of crap. <laughs> and you kind of ask yourself, how much junk can we pile up? in this pile until it's just so big that there's just no more room. And it's happened three times now. We're on our third trash mountain, and sure, it's a small plot of land for all of, like, you know, landfill, whatever, but, like, it's a serious issue of, like, you think of how much garbage we put out and uh, all the, cons like, all the consuming, and, you know, hey, like, <laughs> if you're listening to this, it's Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this the week it comes out, it's Thanksgiving week, and, uh, hey, Black Friday's coming up. We got a whole episode about that next week. But, um, and the consumerism side of it, but like how much crap can you pile on a on one spot before it starts spewing over the edges before like you have to deal with it? And that's how our minds are. We keep piling on the garbage and sooner or later it starts to rot and stink and we just keep piling stuff on to keep burying it deeper and deeper instead of dealing with it. So as we were walking into Walmart, I obviously was not practicing meditation um but I just randomly like realized my surroundings my existence how do you get in a place of awareness I mean I'm sure meditation definitely but how can you keep a mindset throughout the day when you're with other people and you can't necessarily meditate but how do you become aware of your surroundings so to touch on this real quick, because we've talked a little bit about it and kind of danced around it, what mindfulness basically is, is just the um, coming to present. It is literally the the revelation of your current existence in this moment, right? 
So it is, yes, it is often practiced in meditation, but traditionally, like mindfulness can be practiced anytime, anywhere. And it's, um, to me, and, and I'm not one to preach on this because I'm not the best at it by any means at all. Um, I'm a worrier, like, <laughs> and like, so I have to fight this all the time. So I don't know, maybe I am qualified to preach on it because I, I fight with it all the time. But uh, it's kind of setting these little trigger moments in your brain. Um, sometimes maybe you even have to do it like an actual alarm on your phone. But remember you exist. Basically these little triggers of instead of worrying, like right now, I'm sitting behind this microphone looking at you, Elaine. I'm not just having to sit here thinking about when this show is going to go live, who it might impact, what I need to say next. I'm literally thinking about the moment I'm in. I'm looking at this electric drum set in the corner. I'm looking out the window and noticing how green the grass is and the way the sun as it's setting uh, here at, what time is it, like 428. I'm noticing the sun is kind of just setting on the grass uh, and it just kind of is like lighting up one of our baby trees out there. I'm noticing the way like you're sitting and looking around. Uh, I notice the temperature in the room and it's like these little triggers of like, what am I feeling right now? What is my skin feeling? Uh, what am I noticing? What's going on around me? And those are the little moments of awareness that bring you back to the present. Cause that's, I mean, the truth is like, why do you want to get in the present? Like, that's a good question. Like, why would you want to be present? And that just goes back to the fact that God operates in the present, you know, from a Christian point of view, um, we want to be mindful of our surroundings because we want to be good stewards of what God has given us. We want to be mindful of ourselves in our current moments because those are a gift from God. You know, we talk about in the church circles all the time, we talk about how uh, not another moment's promised, every moment's a gift, but we don't actually take the time to experience those moments. You know, it's always the next thing, the next thing. And so it's interesting because I think churches, like church culture, Christianity culture, whatever you want to call it, we teach a lot of the principles like uh, we know what we're talking about, but we just don't practice them. You know, it's all bark, no bite, I guess you could say. There's just not the practicality behind it of, oh, well, sure, you may have uh, the next moment may not be promised, but how often does that, that's typically used more as like a scare tactic to try to change someone's opinion about the future more so than the way it should be used of like try to experience the moment you're in. I kind of think that um, expressing gratitude is a great way, one, to practice thankfulness like we were talking about, but two, um, practicing mindfulness, being thankful of your surroundings being thankful of the company you're in, being thankful for the groceries that we were able to buy. I think if you're not able to uh, meditate like throughout the day, um, I think that just practicing gratitude is a great way to get in that mindset. Sure, and that could be a form of meditation. Meditation, it's important to take time to sit down and unpack your thoughts like we've talked about a few times in the past. You know, It's important to do that, but meditation, like is something you can do on the run. Being mindful is something you can do on mindful meditation, something you can do in your car, doing dishes. There's a book um, that I just read that Elaine is, uh, I think just barely started now called uh, wherever you go, there you are. It talks about how 
when you're doing the dishes, realize what you're doing. Um, he was talking about how he absolutely hates doing dishes. I don't have the author's name on me firsthand. I'll try to tag it in the show notes below. You hate doing the dishes. I do hate doing the dishes. And uh, yeah, absolutely hate doing the dishes. I hate touching <laughs> Maybe people's. You were the author. <laughs> I hate touching people's crummy food remnants. It's disgusting, especially if it's sat in there for a day and there's just thousands upon millions upon billions of microbes crawling all over it. And it grosses me out. Anyway, uh, so he's saying like he hated doing the dishes. He also really hates when dishes get left in the sink. Same. I relate to this man on a deep spiritual level. So he's got me hooked right now. Like I'm listening. Actually, I'm reading, so I'm, I'm listening to myself read it to me in my brain, which is not how to speed read, but I'm not good at speed reading anyway. So I'm reading this to my own brain and listening to myself as I say it as this author, interpreting what he has to say as if I were him. And I relate to him who is me, who is him. You're very mindful right now of that whole process. <laughs> so he's talking about how he hates doing the dishes, and he hates when they get left in the sink, and it became like an active... Um, not argument, but like kind of like perturbance between he and his wife. Once again, relating here. And uh, people would come, leave dishes in the sink, and he would find himself doing them out of the frustration of their existence. And so he would go and do them, and all the whole time he would just be thinking about how annoyed he was. And he realized, like, wait a second. Yes, sure, doing the dishes isn't a fun thing, but it's still something I'm doing in this moment. And I can be aware in this moment. And I can take this moment for myself. And instead of being upset that there are dishes, which are expected, it's something that happens in life. Dirty dishes are going to pile up. Uh, that's just part of existing. It's part of eating at home is you're going to have dishes. And he's like, there's nothing I can do to change this. There's nothing I can do to make the dishes stop. So why not take this moment and just realize in the moment, experience it, even if it's not my favorite thing, and be present. And so it doesn't have to be I'm going to go sit in my room with the door locked with some Zen music and uh, with my fingers crossed, oming at something. You know, it's not that. It's you can have those moments throughout your day with little things in your car driving, just becoming aware that you're going from point A to point B. And it's not about just getting to the destination. Sure, that's the ultimate goal is to get to the destination, but it's the journey. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, if you like, let's zoom out and imagine like Google Maps and you're focused right here on turn-by-turn -turn navigation. You're going to zoom this thing all the way out to where you're looking at the globe here. Okay, that's what we're about to do. If everything's about point A to point B, then we would all be looking forward to dying, right? That's what our ultimate goal, like, I'm just dying. We're going to die. Woohoo! That's what we're trying to get to. That's, that's B. Everything else in the middle is just a blur, you know? And no, like, <laughs> all the way taking it back down to I'm trying to get to work from my house to work. That's your point A to point B. Those moments in between leaving house and arriving to work are part of that bigger moment of life and death. And when you realize that, like these are moments, these are a gift. These are truly a gift. It makes you thankful. It makes you aware of your existence. It makes you feel God's presence weighing in on you because you just become connected with 
him. It's like the the puzzle piece lines up. You finally turned it the right way to get it to click into place, and you just become aware of him, I guess, if that makes sense. Something else that's very interesting to me, though, about becoming aware is you were saying how you became aware of other people. And uh, there is a situation where there is a Pentecostal girl walking by, and two men were kind of walking like to her right, but back behind. And as she walked by them, one nudged the other and kind of made like a like a nod, like look at that kind of gesture. And me being like passive aggressive, I like get like big beady eyed, and I was just like staring him down. And like turn my head slowly as he walked by. I think I like literally just did it in the room to reenact it. You did. It's okay. <laughs> but you can't. I'm sorry. You can't see me do that. I can but, see you. Yes. <laughs> but like, and I think they like gave me a weird look too, and kind of turned around and like scurried off behind us. But you could tell they were passing like this judgment, I, and I became aware in that moment. Like these, this girl is receiving judgment for what she sees is her religious conviction. Whether you agree or disagree with her religious conviction, this is what she's been taught, this is what she's chosen, this is what she knows. She may not have even been Pentecostal. She may have just, like, long skirts. Yeah, and messy buns and no makeup. No makeup. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those things. But, you know, I felt for her in that moment. And whenever you were talking about your experiences at Walmart, everything always happens at Walmart, man. If you're from Arkansas, life revolves around, like, Walmart. Walmart, that's pretty much it. What do you do after church? You go to Walmart. What do you do after school? Go to Walmart. After you work, go to Walmart. You can get your tires rotated, an oil change, eat lunch, go grocery shopping, get your nails done, and go to the ATM all in the same place. It's amazing. What am I, like... Most I actually had a mindfulness experience. I'm gonna sidetrack for a second. I had a mindfulness experience in a McDonald's in a Walmart because I was there getting my oil changed on my truck. I had to pick up a prescription. I had to pick up something. Uh, I, it may have been like a, a canned good or something like that. And I was eating lunch, and I ran in to your aunt. And so I had like a, and I just literally sat there watching people. And I was just like, this is an interesting experience. And I have one of those moments of like, I'm aware that I exist right now. And it happened in Walmart. In Walmart. <laughs> so just there saying. must be some like. They got an atmosphere. Or like in their vent whenever you walk past and it's always like warm for like two seconds. They may be like, I don't know. I don't something. think most people have mindfulness moments in Walmart. <laughs> I don't know. They may have the opposite. Maybe it's but. <laughs> maybe it's the fact that there's so many people not mindful in Walmart that makes people that want to be mindful mindful. So there's our deep like Walmart. And philosophy. I think um, uh, some people are extremely mindful, and that's where people of Walmart.com came from. I don't know if that's mindful or just aware. Like, that's something very aware around of their surroundings because of. The choice clothing. But did that clothing come from Walmart? Some of my clothing comes from Walmart. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so I was aware for this Pentecostal girl. And, and then as you were saying this that a couple days later, we were talking about the experiences of being mindful in Walmart. And uh, I just kind of had this moment of revelation of like, uh, you were talking about how um, people, you were thinking about their lives and what like 
you know, if someone driving down the road is having a bad day and like they're driving recklessly because of their bad day, I just had a realization that like you have to be mindful. But first, you have to be mindful of your own thoughts and your own actions in order to be mindful of others. Because your own thoughts and your own actions so often dictate other people's experiences, which in turn uh, control their actions and behaviors and thoughts. For instance, you're driving down the road. Someone cuts you off in traffic. Now you're having a pissy day. Like you're already on edge. You're already running late. And now you're just fuming. And maybe things are like, there's some traffic backing up and someone up there had a wreck and how dare they drive so stupidly that they had a wreck and hurt themselves and are making you late for your appointment. And like these thoughts just start and these selfishness just grabs a hold of us and mindlessness starts to take over and we just get like aggressive and then we start bobbing and weaving around people and how dare they and this stupid truck over here don't know how to drive and blah, 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 you know, honking your horn, flipping this person off, you know. Uh, that's why you got to hide your Jesus stickers because how dare they know you're a Christian right now because you're about to show them the wrath. You know? And you're just getting this, this craziness of uh, thought where you just become the reckless person. So get this, the contagion of mindlessness passed from this person to you. And you had in that moment a choice. You could either go, A, I am going to take a minute. I'm feeling something here. I'm feeling frustrated. Why am I feeling frustrated? This happened to me freaking yesterday because I was going downtown taking some photos of someone for senior pictures and some jerkwad decided he was going to gripe me out for trying to take pictures in front of a revolving door at an Iberia bank. And he came out there with his little pill like, you can't do that here. This is private property. And I'm like, it's a bank, bro. It ain't private property. Okay, maybe it's private property, but you can't, like, you don't have anything posted. Freedom of press. You know, I was just like, mm, fuming. And then I had to walk away. I'm like, I still have a photo shoot to do. Why am I upset? I'm upset because this person is doing his job. Sure, it's a tarred rule. I get it. Like, I, it's stupid. Stupid. See, I'm getting, I'm getting mad again. But no, it's, it's a dumb rule. But he's just doing what he's been told can't take it out on him and there's plenty of other places to take photos which i still have to finish this shoot we walked down the road a little bit there's an awesome little diner there that was closed uh, they let us uh, go in and take a couple of really cool photos and there was no one around that we could disturb and it was just awesome and it ended up working better and we ended up actually kind of like crossing paths at the right time to get these really cool photos and so I could have chosen to just keep getting mad. And for a minute, I did. You know, there was a good minute or two we were walking. I was still fuming. But I realized, like, hey, like, I'm angry right now. Does that fix the anger? No. Like, you're still mad. But being mindful of, like, hey, I can keep being angry. And it's going to reflect on my work because I'm not going to be able to uh, be in the moment. And in photography, like, you have to be in the moment. You have to, like, you think ahead. You see shots, of course. But, like, you have to be in the moment, present, being aware of how things look and feel and the vibe you're getting from it. And it's, it's a very artistic thing. And so if like you're an artistic person, you understand this. Like you have to be present for that kind of stuff. 
And there's no telling how many shots I would have passed up or may have even passed up already because of my frustration. And I could have put that off on uh, the person I was doing photos for. I could have put that off on Elaine or any other person along the path. But instead, whenever I stopped and took a minute, it calmed me down enough to even be willing to ask the owner of the restaurant if we could do photos. But if my attitude would have been like crappy, of course they wouldn't have let us go in there and take those photos. And so it's all a choice. But our attitude and our mindfulness of our own thoughts and emotions greatly dictate uh, other people's awareness, either for the positive or the negative, and how we view them. So Elaine, what is the hardest part about staying in those moments once you get in them? Because that was like that was kind of your question to me. So what is like the hardest part to you about staying in them? And, and then also, do you ever like later on realize again you're present? You're like, crap, how much of life did I miss? Have you ever done that before? Because I've done that too. <laughs> I think so. Um, the hardest part is probably like different circumstances. Like happen, like you are in this beautiful mindful awareness moment and then something crazy happens and then you're focused on that thing that just happened and then you forget because you're trying to focus on fixing this you know whatever and then your mind's like I think just leaves (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you're not aware of everything and then you're randomly like you said oh crap I'm aware again like I am mindful how did I get from a to b you know and I think it's just like one, maybe we don't practice it enough, but two, just I think life happens yeah. and it just changes our focus. What are the hardest moments that you have experienced? You can think of like that's the whole point is like you have to try to think of these things. But like what's the hardest moments you've had lately or like since you have had this revelation um, to actually be mindful One of the things that I'm having to be more mindful of is people online. I feel like I'm great at picking up on uh, social cues and behaviors and body language, but sometimes like people will post stuff on Facebook and I just get so irritated at their comments or like their political opinions or what, what have you. And I forget that they're a person sometimes, that there's somebody else on the other screen, like they have experiences, they're going through stuff and um lashing out at people for being dismissive or just posting just negative stuff bashing people and having to realize like those are hurt people on the other side of the screen on the other side of social media yeah who are caught up in mindlessness themselves Mm -hmm. if you think about it and like it's easy in person because you can see you can see people's uh like i said body language you can see people's face um different gestures, the tone in their voice changes. Um, But I think we get so mindless whenever we're just scrolling through social media because we forget that there's somebody on the other side. We can't physically see them for the most part. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Obviously, Elaine and I have it all together. And usually, I'm just kidding. We really don't. We're just now... Barely touching into this subject, and I know it's something we've been passionate about, but it's something that we are just now learning how to practice. And when I say learning, I mean we're in like the 101 section here. I'm trying I've to figure. I've only this out. read like two pages of that book. Like, Even when I, I finish the book, I'm still right there with you. So, but whether it's the mundane tasks, the 
daily commutes, the scrolling through online or overhearing conversations. Remember to take a moment and be aware of yourself, be aware of others and the beauty of creation, and find God right there in the moment, because that's where he's chilling out. As always, you can find us on TheRecklessPursuit.com. You can send us a voicemail, drop us an email, say hi. You can also find us at The Reckless Community. It's a private Facebook group, and when I say private, I mean like it's strictly uh, inclusive, so you are invited to be a part. We want to hear what you have to say. We want to hear your opinions, your thoughts, your frustrations, your joys, all of it. We want to do this thing together because this is not just about the voices behind the mics. This is about the people on the other end just as much, if not more. Guys, we thank you all so much for your support. If you haven't done so, take a moment to uh, rate and review the show. An honest review would help us out a ton. And if you don't mind, share this along to your friend. Let's get some more reckless listeners out there banding together to talk about all the stuff that no one wants to talk about. And as always, be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll We'll talk talk soon. soon. After this. (laughs) What? I swallowed an ice cube. Why? I didn't mean to. You sorry?